Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. As hundreds of thousands of people continue to queue through London for hours on end to pay their respects to the Queen, it's time to take a look back at some of Her Majesty's key accomplishments. Queen Elizabeth II will be known likely for quite some time as the longest reigning monarch in British history. Due to her influence across the Commonwealth and the fact her portraits exist on money around the world, she's widely credited with having the most recognisable face in the world. She was the first monarch to appear on television, sent one of the first ever emails, and helped get the royal family on YouTube. But what are her greatest achievements during her reign? Joining me now is Sarah Richardson, Professor of Modern British History at the University of Warwick. So, Sarah, if I was to ask you, what is Queen Elizabeth's single greatest achievement during her reign? What jumps to mind? So perhaps unsurprisingly for me, it's the change in the position of women and the role that Queen Elizabeth had in particularly as a female leader in forging a new identity for women um, in the world, I think. When she came to the throne in the sort of immediate post-war period, It was still a period where if you got married, you had to give up your job. And obviously, we've moved a long way since then. And she's not at the forefront of legislative change, obviously, but as a role model and a pioneer in some of the areas in which she was active, which were not traditionally areas which women were active, I think that that's been of immense importance. And we all know she was a young woman during World War II. I understand she pushed to join the military effort. I think that's a really good example of where her her sort of determination and a sort of quiet determination in a way has won through. You know, she I wouldn't call her driven, but she had a very clear idea of what she wanted to achieve and how she wanted to achieve it. Now, she led a really sheltered childhood. You know, she didn't go to school. She was educated at home largely. And so and, and within the sort of confines of um, upper class British society at the time. So. Uh, it's quite surprising to see her wanting to get involved in, you know, and quite a sort of dirty job, you know, in the transport section of of the military, not, you know, as a secretary or as a clerk or something which might have been more comfortable, but, you know, outside with, you know, vehicles and so on. So for me, that's an example of where even at a very early age, you can see that there was a sort of 
ring of steel in her that, you know, she did have a vision and she did have an idea of what she as a person could achieve and, and the importance of her as a role model. And even before that point, she was doing things for the children of the country with her radio broadcasts. Yes, yeah, so at the, at the age of 14, she did quite an important broadcast on, on the BBC, on, on Children's Hour, uh, and spoke of her sister as well, and made that connection, sort of reaching out. This was at a time when, um, you know, Britain was under severe stress with bombings and evacuation of children away from their homes in cities and things like that. And she was able to make that connection between you know, what she was going through as well as, as an individual, as a young child with children, not just in Britain, but, you know, her allies across Europe. So I think that was an example of the royal family at the time and Princess Elizabeth embracing the technology of radio to reach out to citizens in a way that obviously wasn't open to previous members of the royal family. So it brought that connection between royalty and what the country was going through. And you mentioned the technology of radio there. She's seen quite a shift in technology over her reign. Are there any examples of when she's taken on and embraced that new tech? So I think her public broadcasts, um, particularly with television, I mean, uh, the coronation was televised, for example, and that was Often, uh, when people look back, they, they look back to that uh, moment as perhaps the first time that they were able to, to watch television and see such a big event. Um, but her broadcast meant that the Queen was in everybody's sitting room. You know, even if you didn't, weren't able to see her on a, a royal visit, um, she came into your, into your intimate, you know, private spaces regularly. So, you know, everybody, you know, the time would stop at Christmas for the Christmas um, broadcast, for example. And more recently with a pandemic, I think um, her broadcast when Britain was in lockdown and she herself was in lockdown, um, had more viewers than any government bulletin, for example. You know, it actually brought, um, again, that connection between, you know, everybody's suffering and we can get through it. And it's really important for morale. But she did embrace things like social media. I think, you know, she, she um, as, as uh, emails developed, she was instrumental in sending one of the first emails to, um, to her counterparts in, in America. Um, you know, she had an Instagram account and things. And, you know, basically, obviously not necessarily um, all driven by the Queen, but, but she could have said, no, I'm not going to, you know, I don't need a social media presence. So I think she understood the importance of communication and also the importance of reaching out to new audiences all the time. It, it does seem that, you know, the cues that we're seeing in London at the moment for people wanting to go and pay their respects, a testament to that communication, as you said, with the public. And she did try to bring the royal family closer to the public, didn't she? Early in her reign, she undertook quite a gruelling tour around the world of, of sort of 13 different countries as well as undertaking an immense amount of public engagements in Britain itself. So I think she understood from the very start that the monarchy had to be visible. I mean, she managed to keep that sort of air air of mystique, I guess. You know, she didn't do interviews. She didn't put forward her own opinions or her own views. So she understood the sort of boundaries of monarchy. But certainly in terms of visibility and reaching out, 
I think she understood perhaps from the wartime years how important it was for actually the royal family to get out and meet people face to face rather than be behind palaces and, and, you know, formal speeches and formal occasions. So when you look at the number of engagements that she, Prince Philip, and then, you know, the senior members of the royal family undertook, it's quite staggering, you know, often more than one a day if you look across the year. So it gives you an indication of how important that connection with the wider public was to her and also obviously in turn to the country. Let's take a break now. In part two, Sarah tells us how the Queen actually had a part in choosing prime ministers during her reign. She was called upon to choose the next prime minister because the Conservative Party at that time didn't have a mechanism for choosing a successor. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. looking outside the country she was obviously responsible for taking on the commonwealth how important a role was that and how much of an involvement did she have in it so i think you have to think back to the impact of world war ii and the sort of reconstruction of relationships after the war and for britain you know prior to that the empire had been you know the key wider world context in which it operated Now, that was already undergoing challenges, uh, you know, as the war approached and, you know, before her reign. And certainly decolonisation, if that's what you you want to call it, um, you know, countries getting independence increased through her reign. So it would have been easy in some ways to take a more passive role and just allow that to happen. But she invested very much in the, the new sort of Commonwealth. And as that turned into the Commonwealth of Nations, trying to forge a different relationship with countries where Britain was no longer head of state. You know, the empire was um, disintegrating and breaking up. And I think she very much managed to achieve that, managed to keep those relationships together at a time when, or during a period of immense turmoil, certainly in countries in Africa, for example. So it was really important to her, I think, to look forward to forge a different relationship between Britain and the monarchy as the head of state with countries across the world. But also, I think, as we've seen in the recent Commonwealth Games, it's it still has that sort of, it, it, even if it doesn't have the political impact, it has the sort of cultural and social impact, bringing people together with sort of 
common interests and common histories. And obviously, as monarch, she had to remain neutral when it came to politics. They're sort of the rules. Did she have any influence on government at all despite that? Yes, it's really interesting um, from a constitutional point of view. We saw, you know, just a couple of days before she died that she was the one who invited Liz Truss to become prime minister. You know, Liz Truss, as the elected leader of the largest parliamentary party, was not able to form a government on her own. So in, in a way, that shows the sort of enduring constitutional significance of the monarch. But early in her reign, there were a number of times, I think particularly of when Macmillan resigned, for example, and Eden the same before him, where she was called upon to choose the next prime minister because the Conservative Party at that time didn't have a mechanism for choosing a successor if the prime minister of the day resigned. So I think it's quite interesting to look from a constitutional point of view of, yes, it's largely symbolic, her role and the monarch's role, but there are certain crucial moments in history, in certainly in political history of recent times, where she's played quite a pivotal role. And it's been claimed, on top of all this other stuff we've talked about, she did more for charity than any other monarch in history. Can you give us an idea of what she did do for charity? For her charitable sort of um, interests were a way of her connecting what, what she was personally interested in with her role as a monarch and the influence that that brought. So she was patron of something like five to six hundred charities, if not more, and they often represented her particular interests. So, you know, things like horses and uh, racing. Also, she'd been a girl guide when she was a young girl. So she was head of things like the girl guiding movement and, and so on, and sort of interested in the opportunities for young people. She also used things like the Royal Warren, which it will be interesting to see how that might change um, as we go forward. But, you know, by giving her patronage to certain um, causes and certain companies and so on, was able to have quite an important economic influence as well as a sort of um, political influence. But I think that's where, I'd say, I think her charitable work is where her own personal interests or personal concerns could find an outlet and she could really boost the fortunes of, of quite small charities by taking an interest and becoming a patron. What do you think the public will remember the Queen for best? I think from the public point of view, what the Queen has represented is stability. You know, most of the country have only known the Queen as the head of state. She's the longest reigning British monarch, as we know. And that in itself is, you know, quite a feat. But she's done that with quite admirable consistency over the time, considering the, the transformational changes that there have been in certainly in the British economy over that period, but also things like education. We've talked about the role of women. So maintaining that sort of consistency and stability as, as, as an apolitical figure, I think, has been is what people will remember. You know, so there's been something like 14, 15 different prime ministers during her reign. You know, to some extent, that can seem as un, an unstable and an unsettling time. We're, we're now going into a period where we know there's going to be a recession, for example, well, in previous recessions, she's been there to, to act as that 
as a boost for morale for the British people. And I think they look back on, on the good times, but also the rougher times and think she's been that constant. There's more on Queen Elizabeth's lying in state in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's the leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.